Now, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. We are speaking with the one and only Andy Scott, of course, of the band Sweet. The new single is everything available on YouTube right now. Uh, already surpassed like 300,000 views, which is crazy, but but mm. glorious at the same time. Um, let's talk about this. The, this new single, is it just a new single for YouTube and off we go? Or is it, you know, here's the first single of an album that's coming or an EP that's coming or here are 10 other videos that are coming? Um, and by the way, the song is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- thanks for that. Um, uh, um, a certain uh, British uh, DJ has basically said it's uh, it- it's kind of um, where Journey and Foreigner meets, only with big balls. I like you know? that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and I- and I thought, well, I'll take that. Uh, and then um, uh, no, the-, the song was written about twenty years ago. Um, uh, we had an album out uh, over in Europe called um, Sweet Life. And uh, it was at a time when, um, I don't know, we we were between labels. Um, Sony were only releasing um, compilations and we released it through a, a small label. Um, it did all right in Europe and, you know, nobody picked up on this particular song. And I was I was I was definitely expecting somebody to go, that is a hit, you know. So it was always on the in the back of my mind. And because we have a tour of the UK coming up, uh, we started to throw a few ideas in as to which songs we could do, um, you know, from the past, um, right. you know, to, to, to kind of kind of appease the fans. And, you know, th- there were a couple of givens that we were going to do. And then I just said um, to the singer, get your, get your chops, you know, Paul, get your chops around this. And, when he started to sing everything, I just kind of said, "Well, let's stop this rehearsal. Let let's let's get the tape running," and and that's how it came together, you know. And um, uh, I agree, um, three hundred thousand in three weeks is is a lot of views, and I think yeah. I think that, that there's quite a few out there who kind of agree with with what you know with what with what we've just been saying, and I really hope that. Um, it's a builder. It, it it gets picked up. You know, it's um it's very difficult in this world. I'm not very, uh, should we say, computer modern or my thoughts. <laughs> computer my thoughts savvy. Yeah, yeah. It's I understand how things can be manipulated today because where there's a computer involved, there's there's skullduggery sometimes. I come from an era where you sold your records you got a gold disc to hang on your wall if you sold enough and you appeared in some charts. It's not like that anymore. I just don't understand how the charts are compiled completely and utterly. And, and nobody will, can tell me. That's the other thing. Nobody can actually tell me. Yeah, there, 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 there seems to be no magic uh, formula. It just seems to be a, a random thing. But okay, hold on. Uh, let me ask you about skullduggery. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I mean this in a very uh, polite sense, but at the beginning of Sweet... Uh, Mike Chapman and uh, Nikki had other people sort of record the parts. You used studio musicians, and the band sort of just sang on on the on, on the songs. Talk to me about that. Uh, on, you know, sort of having sort of ghost musicians come in and do this the, the stuff, and then the band went. Uh, Mike and uh, Nikki went. You know what? Andy and the boys actually play better than these studio guys. Let's let's just start using them. Talk to me about that because. I don't understand how they were doing that or why. I mean, were, were they sort of recreating the British monkeys? I mean, is um, the 
everybody thinks it was manufactured, but but Sweet had been there. There you go. He's he's. he's oh, I've got a dog. In it. That's okay. I got mine here. We'll we'll deal with it. But yeah, talk to me about that because um, it's interesting. And and he's um um we. Phil Wayman is the catalyst, not Nicky Chin and Mike Chapman. Okay. Phil Wayman was the record producer. Okay. Now, he um, had a team of musicians that he liked to work with in the studio, as, as a lot of uh, fairly big producers did. Um, he was a drummer himself, okay. uh, and he found Nicky and Mike, or, or the songs were sent to him, and he thought... Um, I'm going to kind of um, try and get in touch with Brian Connolly. And, he, and by chance, he bumped into him at the BBC. Uh, I'm going to have to let, it, let him out of the door. Just, yeah, just I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the space. Uh, we're, we're taking a, a short break here because uh, Andy has a oh. new puppy oh. that is uh, taking up a lot of space. And those of you who have listened or watched know that every so often, my dog jumps up on the lap and makes the same kind of noise so there we go yeah so it's okay no, so I, I know i know why he's uh creating now my wife's back a little earlier than i thought she was going to be so <laughs> you know he um me, me thinking uh trapping him was a good idea it wasn't um anyway look F phil wayman was the was the main guy um and he found nikki and mike they had some good songs or very good pop songs I had come from a band, I'd only been in the band about six months. Right. And I'd come from a very prog rock band. We, we were quite young, a band called The Elastic Band. And we were supporting all kinds of different bands like Yes and Jethro Tull at the uh, London clubs and, um, and, and at various venues uh, around the place. So uh, we even supported Jimi Hendrix when he first came over to, to the UK. So I came from a different kind of background musically. So I, I get involved with Sweet. They play me this very, very pop single. Um, a lot of people from where I come from would have probably run a mile. Right. But right at this time, I'm now, and you may laugh, I'm approaching 21 years old and I'm thinking I'm a bit old. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and oh. so... And, and the other guys in the band were slightly older than me, so I could see where they were coming from. Here was an opportunity with a song that was as infectious as those um, bubblegum kind of pop hits that were coming out of America. Uh, even 10CC had recorded these um, uh, very uh, commercial pop hits and released them un under an assumed name. Yeah. So um, it, it, it's just the way records were made back then um n we weren't exactly happy about it but then we were allowed the b-sides that's where uh, um we had like three hours to to, to make a b-side and finish it and mix it um so so th that's where our songwriting and performance came from and and i thought in, in those early days um we we sounded like deep purple on the b-side and on the a-side we sounded like the monkeys, um, <laughs> as you say, the monkeys. So, you know, it's um, yeah, it was a li little bit of a contrast, but we suddenly realized that the girls who were buying the records, and it must have been, should we say, the, the, the pre pubescent 13 to 16 year olds, their older brothers were turning the records over and going, Hey, this band aren't, aren't half bad. 
Yeah. And it got to the point where late night DJs on the BBC started to hold competitions and play our B-sides and say, you'll never guess who this is. Anybody who guesses it will get one of my, you know, goodie bags, surprise packages. And of course, um, uh, there were guys out there who had heard our B-sides. So, um, you know, one of the DJs was a guy called John Peel, who was um, in... In, Infamous in John Peel. Yeah, in the latter part of the seventies, he started to, he was, he became you know, the champion of the punk movement. So, you know, it's it's a very, um, uh, it, it's it's a very un, uh, unusual story. And and you're absolutely right. It was Mike Chapman who basically started to champion. Uh, beginning of 1972, we had a song called Little, Little Willie out. Yeah. Um, Later covered that, by Brett Michaels of Poison, by the way, which I've oh, always, right, thought, okay. which I've well, always well, thought cute. That shot up the charts a year after we'd recorded it. Uh, we'd actually forgotten about it. We, we were having hits like Blockbuster in, in Europe, and that went um, up, up into the top five, I think, in, in the USA. Um, everybody was kind of saying, are you going to go over and promote it? And our then manager turned around and said, if you go and promote that, that'll be the only hit you'll ever have. You know, yeah. you, you move, you've moved on. You're, 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 you're even writing your, um, your own material that is probably better than um, suited to you, like, like Fox on the Run, than, 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 than the Chin and Chapman songs. So uh, it was a dangerous position to take to not go and support your top five hit in the US. But but I actually think that they thought, um, because it, it first appeared in the um, uh, in the, the, the crossover charts, they, I think they actually thought we were a black soul band, you know, <laughs> I, I, or, or one of these bands that, that had, you know, white guys, black guys, you know, um, be, be, because it had that sort of um, uh, funky uh, bass line and... Um, uh and and that kind of keyboard stuff well i mean um, your, your songs are infectious i mean so many people have covered them and i do want to ask you about some of the songs because there's such first of all on hellraiser is that your guitar part at the beginning did you come up with that or did somebody say here play this talk to me about the beginning of that song because i i, I want to get to later in the 80s when it, it got sort of taken <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. Um, the the actual guitar riff, yeah. not played like that, was actually on Mike Chapman's demo. Okay. Um, and uh, the the run up that da 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 da, da is um, Glenn Miller. You yeah. know, um, uh, in the mood. You know that da 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 So it it's it's notes it's there's only 12 in an octave 12 12 notes right there's only so so much you can do with these things <clears throat> and uh when i first heard that guitar riff and, and that i was like on the floor laughing but then i realized i couldn't get it out of my head right you know and um all, all i wanted to do was put my stamp on it and and the one thing i i can do is is that palming whilst using the plectrum almost as if it's like a hammer right to get that sort of um harmonic you know metallic feel you know yeah it, it it's it's such a memorable riff now uh, so you're saying that the beginning of hellraiser is inspired by the glenn miller band like the big band well the sort of the, 
yeah, the, the actual runner. Really? Because that makes the story kind of even funnier. Because, you know, listen, yeah. Motley Crue obviously does kickstart my heart. And everybody goes, wow, it's the greatest song ever. And then people go, or at least people in the UK go, hey, shh, it's Sweet's Hellraiser. And they go, no, no, it's not. It's Motley Crue, bro, dude. Yeah. Uh, when well, you heard that, were you like, oh, okay, great. And, and did well, there's you get residuals? Funny, there, <laughs> no. There, <laughs> there, there, there is a funny story. Yeah. Uh, we, used to, we used to open our set with a, a film um right. of, of, of a woman removing her clothes to this to the tune of the david rose the stripper the, 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 the old um and um the band um europe um yep. took, took me i was in sweden producing another band i was in a, in the studio and they, they came to, to have a listen and then they said oh saturday night um you're coming with us to the Globe, um, new ice hockey arena. Yeah. I went, oh, is it Mot Motley Crue in town? I, said, oh, I, I heard that, that they were in town, but I said, they kind of blew me off a bit um, when I, in London. You know, I, um, I went backstage because somebody had said, oh, yeah, they're going to want to talk to you. And when I got there, there's the usual, they're surrounded by the usual... Um, Gatekeepers. Uh, gor gorillas who, yes. who, 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 who don't let you through. So... So I basically um, uh, gave one of the gorillas a little expletive and basically said, um, th they know where I am if, if they want to contact me. Well, they obviously didn't. Anyway, I, I went to this um, uh, venue and, and they were laughing because one of the guys had seen them the night before in Gothenburg at the, at the other ice hockey rink. And, and, and he actually said to me, he said, um, Skid Row were actually better than than um mm -hmm. than Botley Crew th that night when Skid Row came on most nights they did well they well they had half the PA and half the lights and right. and they weren't as good as they were the first night obviously um somebody had said they're not going to sound better than us you know that that kind of syndrome mm -hmm. uh, which which leads me to believe that 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 means you're a bit insecure if 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 you won't let your support band do the best that they can because it, it all helps the show for me, you know. Um, I mean, w w remember on some of our tours, we had bands like Cheap Trick opening for us, you know. Okay. Now that now that is something, you know. That'll give you a run for your money. It, it's exactly. hard to blow Cheap Trick off the stage. They are exactly. just dynamite. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm <clears> now sitting waiting for Motley Crue to start, and the stripper music starts, <laughs> and I go, oh. And then there's these <laughs> graphics on 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 film. And you go, and oh. then, and then they start the song, uh, "Kickstart My Heart," and it's the way we used to start our set with Hellraiser, you know, um, fr fr from the stripper. And it's oh, it is almost the same guitar riff. And the guys from Europe are falling about laughing at my face, you know, going, "What?" <laughs> Oh. Have, have I just stepped back into a portal here and gone back 10 years, you know? <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that next year when they go out on their stadium tour, they're calling themselves The Suite, just, just for the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but talk to me about that because you've had a lot of these big songs, Fox on the Run, Ballroom Blitz, Action, Little Willie, you know, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And yet it seems that most 
of the versions are known for being done by other bands. Talk to me. Is that is that strange? Is it frustrating? Is it like I don't care? The check comes in and I cash it. I'm good. Uh, talk to me about the fact that you wrote a lot of great songs for basically it's, for other bands. Yeah, it's not about money. Okay. Um, but having said that, I'll take um, it. The, yeah, of course. The <laughs> uh, the Def Leppard um, version action. of Action is interesting and great. And, you know, uh, when it first came out, um, I sent a message, you know, to, to, to Joe Elliott basically saying, well done, you know, that uh-huh. that is a hell of a take. And and I said, what you've done is you've Def Leppardized our song. You know, in other words, you've taken some of the sweetification out of it and put put, put, put a bit more spots on it, you know. Um, and... Um, uh, it's the same with um, uh, the band Saxon when when they did oh. my song uh, "Set Me Free." That's right. I forgot um, about that. Yeah, you know that was great. Um, uh, and um, it, it, uh, earlier this year, we finally released "Set Me Free" as a single over here, uh, which went in the in the lower regions of, of the main chart, but also was was like number one in a few of radio charts over here, heavy rock charts, Planet Rock and stuff. But um, it's it, it for me it, it it's not a problem because in Europe in um, probably Australia maybe maybe Japan but you know all of mainland Europe they know our songs I think in in America they hear these songs and they're not sure who the band is right. I think there's a little bit of that going on you know yeah there 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 is and I mean. Uh... My favorite, which I actually have in my phone currently, is the Hunters doing um, Fox yeah. on the Run, which, and if people don't know, the Hunters is uh, Klaus Mein and Rudolf Schenker is singing it. it. The, is it the German version? Or I the do English? have the German version. I do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that was interesting. And that that... And and then I'll move on to get to the to modern day and everything and stuff. I'll I'll, I'll stop with these questions. But that was interesting because back in the day in Germany, they didn't have really any copyright laws. So Dieter Dirks had a bunch of unknown German people or German artists, let's say, re-record all these hits and make them German hits and kept all the profit. And yeah. eventually somebody went, you know, that doesn't sound like it should be legal. <laughs> let's change that. But for many years, that's how sort well, of Dieter Dirks made his, his, his change. I, I know that um, there, there was always something in publishing and uh, uh, performance right, um, right. Uh, law where if somebody re-recorded a song in a, in a different language, they they took the um, the lyrics lyricists' share of the um, of the royalty. So, yeah. um, and and my view on that is rather have something of something than um, than a whole lot of nothing. You know? Yeah, so. I was trying to pull it up on my phone to play because it, it's hilarious to hear Klaus Mein singing Fox on the Run in German. Fuchs get yeah. Voran or whatever they call it. It's, yeah. it's... Uh, the um, the weird thing about the, the hunters who became Scorpions, yep. they just changed their name to the Scorpions when uh, we uh, were doing two, well, t- two years running. We did m- two major tours of Germany, all the big halls, you know, the, 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 the Olympics. Um, the Olympia Haller in Munich and the the old Deutschland Haller in Berlin and all these um, you know uh, ten thousand capacity halls 
And we, we, we took the scorpions with us. They were with us for, for nearly two years. And every time I see Klaus Mainz, he, he thanks me and says, without those tours, we would never be where we are today. Yeah, you see? And yeah. you got to love that. Um, bringing it back to the modern day, uh, and I'm not going to talk about the two sweet bands. That, 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 that's another story for another day. But talk to me about your band. And, and you know, you're going to do some shows and you're, you're, you were working out these set lists. What is sort of the plan and, and what keeps you motivated right now? Is it just you just love to play and you got to get out there? Um, do you do you make new music? Do you make new albums or do you say, you know what? I got a, I got a catalog of hits. I'm just going to go play the hits and make the fans happy. Um, there will always be space for um, new material. We're not prolific. We're not like um, uh, my, my mates in Uriah Heap, where every two years or so they're, they're releasing a new album of, right. of brand new material. Um, I think they're on their 25th album so far. Wow. You know, so, um, and, and, and every time I um, every time I bring the subject up, and I say to Mick, I said, I don't know how you do it, Mick. You know, and he said, Well, you just got to keep pushing forward, and, and and once in a while something sticks, and he's right. It's just that we're we're less prolific um, since the since those uh, eight days in the uh, up until the end of the eighties. Yeah. I think we release an album every ten years now of <laughs> of, of, of new material. Um, but yes, we were working on on some new material, and then the pandemic hit, and it was all Zoom calls and yep. just 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 keeping in touch. Couldn't get together as a band. The only way I I see us recording is for us all to be in the same room. You know, it, it where where the old the old style. Yeah, we, four we, on the floor, cut it yeah, live. Exactly, exactly. We don't. Um, uh, we may well use a click track here and there, but it, but but you don't record to a click track and then send it to the drummer to put his drums on. You know, it, it, it it's all all in there, all playing. And if you start listening to the individual tracks of the back track, you will always hear a bit of guitar on the drum spill and a bit of drum maybe on the acoustic. If, we're, if I'm using an acoustic guitar, because it's a take. It's not um, just. It's a performance. It's it's not just well, it's a vibe. Yeah, you need it's a vibe. Not just, Exactly. It, it's not just recording, um, because it, if, if, if it was, I, I could play everything and, and, and put, a, put a sweet album out from here, you know, but, but that's not, that really isn't the way to work. Uh, we still ended up doing some of the vocals remotely because it was easier than, you know, let, getting people to come down to my studio in the car and they've all got their own little home studio things. Right. And, and that was the, the, the we ended up re-recording a lot of the stuff that we do live because um, it was the quickest and, and and it gave us something to do. And when I realized that the majority of the songs were on the Desolation Boulevard album, um, I came up with the title Isolation Boulevard. Yeah, I saw that. That's and, great. So that was our last album. And the new album... Uh, the new material album uh, has been shelved, and next year uh, we'll, we'll we'll get that finished. Um, I think we're going to go into Peter Gabriel's studio, which is quite oh, wow. close to where I live, um, which which I've used many times, and we always get a good result there. We always get a good vibe, 
Uh, I didn't realize how many bands, you know, you know, the last time I was there, I bumped into people like Robert Plant and, you oh, know, wow. there are it's still lots room. of people. Yeah. Lots of people who, who use it, you know. And just to mention, you said that uh, if you uh, wanted to just record the songs, you could do it all yourself. I know that you started off as a bass player, so I'm assuming you still play bass. Do you do keyboards and drums? And I mean, obviously you do guitars. We know that. But do you uh, do the rest? Well, I, uh, up until Love Is That like Oxygen, any keyboards that you heard on a sweet record you. were me. Right. Mm. And drums? You, you Can you um, get, no, get by? I, I'm not a good enough drummer, but um, okay. I... Um, I, I have access to many good Loops. samples, in, including Mick Tucker, who is no oh. longer around. I, I can get his drum sound, and um, we could actually put something together where where you would believe Mick Tucker's playing a game. Uh, I, I'm a bit loath oh, wow. to do that right now, but but I um, we are all. Um, I, I am t in. Um, I'm, I'm talking to all the families because uh, after a pandemic. You just want to make sure that they're okay. Right. They're still receiving royalties, and I just want to make sure that that, that the the kids, um, you know, like Brian's kids and and Mick's daughter and Stevie's uh, uh, daughter over here in England. I just want to make sure that that they're all right and that they're all right. And, and we've we've all been in touch, and um, uh, I think I, I think a, a couple of them are going to going to come to our London show um, in December. Okay. So. Um, uh, it's it's just now I'm in touch with them. I could broach that subject and say, "How do you fancy a bit of posthumous, you know, release?" You know, um, because it, it it had never really occurred to me before. But I actually think that everybody everybody might well be up for it. And and I think I think there might just be a a track out there that hasn't been. Um, put out um, See, I, i'd finished. love that and i'm just gonna say and i'm gonna speak generally but that 70s european drum sound andy parker what the scorpions were doing on in trance and stuff there's there's even peter chris of kiss had that it had that sort of big open i don't even know how to describe but that that early 70s drum sound is brilliant i love it mm. so yeah bring it out yeah the the difference i think between british records then and um bands that came out a little bit later like um uh boston and journey and um yeah. and, and event eventually foreigner is that we used to look at the uh american sound and then you realize that there's probably plastic sheets around every single drum so that when you hit it you don't hear it on another microphone whereas mm. the the british way is just stick a couple of mics over the top and get the balance of the drums right and then record it, you know, because it's a bit more open. I mean, yeah. you only have to listen listen to Led Zeppelin, and some of those great exactly. drum sounds were done with two mics, apparently. Oh, it's it's one, amazing. One over the top and one on the bass drum, you know. And you know what that 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 bleed, as we call it, is is prevalent in in a lot of those. You know, there's a song, and I don't know if you know it, but by the Scorpions called um, "They Need a Million. And you hear the the the, the guitar changing here, and you're just like, oh my god! And yet, I can't imagine hearing the song without that. But if yeah. you recorded like that in 2021, you'd be like, oh my god! Can you believe that they left that in? What a what a horrible! Yeah. <laughs> but but it's so perfect. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, I mean, the, 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 there's a couple of things on our records where a bass drum is missing in Hellraiser, for example, and um, the guitar, um, no matter what we did, um, because I had to, to drop something in, I'm trying to remember which song it is, I, I, and, and it, it's not coming to me right, right. now, but, but we had to drop it because I, I anticipated well, that anticipation is still on the on the on the drum mics, oh, even great. though we, even though I dropped it in later to, to make sure it came in on time. You still get this, you know, in in the background on the on the drum mics. If if you if you're listening for it, you know. You see, and I love that. That those what I call imperfections are. There's a there's a perfection in the imperfection. And that's mm -hmm. where you listen to early Sabbath and Zeppelin and even Alice Cooper and Kiss and Bowie. They all had these little moments where you just went, oh, my God. Well, but if you the take them out. One, yeah. The famous one is the Gene Genie where, yeah. uh, where Tufty, um, Trevor Boulder, uh, goes up to the B a bar early. <laughs> you know, it, when they go into the first chorus, they're all still on the E. And he goes, dun, 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 and then they all join him. You know, and and they, they left it in, and yeah, but that's know. what we like now. Oh, it's I mean, true. look at look at look at the what's his name, I Charlie Watts. He, He's he wanted he wanted to repair it, and nobody, everybody said no, 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 don't repair it. it. Yeah, and and you know, look at Charlie Watts and the Stones. He starts every song sort of at a nice slow rhythm, and by the end of it, he's like, Brrr. yeah, but that's that that's Ooh. every band. Well, yeah, but um, it wouldn't fly like that anymore. Now they no. correct. They cor oh, you got to well, pitch correct. You got to lead correct. Well, you got to tone correct. Oh my god! All those sweet hits, um, apart from something like Oxygen, which was—I don't mean um, clocked, but you know, we we had to hold on to the the kind of timing. Um, but all of those sweet hits um, uh, prior to that, if you put a clock on the beginning and a clock on the end, there'll be you know at least five BPM difference. I would have thought. Wow. And, and you see, though, but that's what makes them special. And, and now we've taken that humanity out of the songs and everything just sounds like it comes out of a can. You know, you know, it's like it's like soup in a can now. And mm. there's just something about real soup, <laughs> if I can put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the, so everything is out now. The video is on YouTube. We've got some shows coming up, uh, coming to Canada or North America at any point. Uh, we have definitely been talking to people, but um, you touched on something earlier. Yeah, the um, two bands. Well, uh, no, there isn't. I mean, the, the, right. you know damn well there's only one suite. Of course. Um, uh, the the problem is that um, you know you've 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 got a family now who are. Um, I really don't know what their motive is, but um, Steve's gone. Uh, it should have been left to rest. Um, Mm -hmm. It's such a shame that, that Steve and I um, didn't really do anything. And um, I, I guess it's because of his um, lack of interest in coming back to the UK, really. I think I think that's what it all stems stems from. And to actually think that because, you know, um, uh, the, the band wants... Look, I, I get it that they might want to carry on and and have a bit of a tribute to steve right you know in in his memory but you can't you can't call it the the, the sweet they they're not old enough they, they they've not experienced anything to do with it all they've done is they've got on stage with an iconic bass player 
and <laughs> and played the songs. It's it's that simple. And and, and now um, you know they're. As somebody put it, he said, it, it's like tuning a radio. There's a bit of interference going on, you know, and, and until you find the next channel, you know, that, that, that's the only way I can look at it. I, I can't get seriously involved because my time is a little more precious than that, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I know that they have that sort of U.S. version. I, I don't think that that prevents you from touring Canada and using all the trademarks and stuff. In the States, who knows? I, what don't, it's think, look like. I don't think it'll stop us from coming, coming to the U.S. either because, you know, with 50-odd years of history, you know, you, you can't just undo that in one, one fell swoop with, you know, with yeah. a – I, I have some paperwork here. I mean – at the very worst, we'll just say from the UK, you know, yeah, sweet it, UK. It, yeah, you know, it's it, it's not impossible, you know. It's 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 a strange situation, and and uh, just for my own person, ed a personal edification, once and for all, do we say sweet or the sweet? Because it's always been the sweet, sweet, the sweet, 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 the sweet. <laughs> it makes no difference to me because the early singles were the sweet. Right. And and it changed to sweet, and I can't remember which song it was. It might have been um, uh, a song like the Sixteens. It might have been Teenage Rampage. It might have been Fox on the Run. But all of a sudden, the word the had been dropped. Bands like the Kinks and the Who, right? You can't you you can't really drop the the, you know. Right. Was um, there like an AOR meeting where they, they went, okay, you know, for the next thing we're gonna we're gonna drop the the real no really yeah yeah? Did I they think have a... it was. I hate to say, it, I think it was us. Oh good. So at least it wasn't a record company guy that said, no, you know, no. boys, boys, listen to me, drop the I the. Think it, <laughs> I think it was us basically looking at the um, the logo and going, look, where do you put the? You know. Yes. Yeah. Sweet is much, Yeah, I don't want to say more profound, but I'm going to say it's much more profound to say just yeah. sweet. Anyway, uh, and, legendary. And, and, and I have to say, it flies out of a poster when you see the band advertised. So, yeah. Yeah, it does. And and, and I'm glad, but it's, there, there's always this discussion. It's the, the sweet, the, the, anyway. Thank you, sir. I, I'm I'm ready for a for a part two because I have a million more questions, but we've already we're at forty five minutes, so let's yeah. let's leave it at that. But let's uh, let's do another well, forty five at some point. No yeah. problem. Absolutely, you know, I, I, I'm in. I'm in, and and I'll see if I can get uh, my co-host to join us. He was traveling from Toronto, so I guess he didn't get back in time. But okay. such, such as the traveling in pandemic times, planes and yeah. flights, and well. You know how to contact me. Just yep. send, send me a, um, and we'll arrange the next one. And um, uh, good old Billy, eh? Yeah. A glass, glass onion. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and just real quick, uh, sweet everything. Twenty twenty one. Here, look at that. Uh, Three hundred. Oh no, that's the subscribers. Where's the video count on this? Where's the video count on this? Oh, three hundred and twenty thousand views. Wow. And uh, we're recording this about two weeks after it came. No, three weeks after it came out. So that's mm. not bad. A hundred, a hundred clicks, a uh, hundred k clicks a week. That ain't yeah. bad. No, 
Well, congratulations. No, in, it's a great song. I played it the I first time and I went, in, ooh, nice. In the old days, if that if that was used as a chart, I think we'd be definitely in the top five. Yeah. And you know, what's funny, since we're talking about charts, a lot of them are going to number one in sales on Billboard on 20,000 sold. So if you take a single, it has 320,000. It's number one in my yeah. books. It's number well, one we, used books. To, we used to sell like um, somewhere between 50 and 100,000 records a day, um, five, five days a week um, when we were having the massive hits. So most of those hits... Uh, from something like um, Blockbuster through to uh, Teenage Rampage, even Fox on the Run would have sold o over a million, you know, so. Wow. Well, there you go. Uh, and uh, thank you to uh, Dieter Dirks for, for giving the Scorpions a career based on your, on your music. <laughs> thank you, yeah. sir. Always yeah. a pleasure. And let's do another one at some point. And um, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mer mer merci. <laughs> Cheers. Bye now.